You know, I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 58 of the Top Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, I am not feeling my best, not looking my best, but I am here. I've been sick all week, but I got up today. I said, you know what? I want to put in an episode of wrestling content, so I am here today. We're going to talk about Kofi Kingston. Has WWE sucked the momentum out of the storyline with Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan? I'm going to hop into that. Baron Corbin as the big opponent for Kurt Angle. Going to hop into that as well. The NXT heavyweight title a situation that all went down last night. I'm very excited about it. And is race still a prevalent issue in WWE? We're going to hop right on into that. You can find me on Twitter at 2SweetsPOD and at OMGCoreyB. Feel free also to leave a five-star review on iTunes for your boy at 2SweetWrestlingPodcast. And on YouTube, you can find me at OMGCoreyB. Feel free to subscribe. And Periscopers, feel free to follow me. So... We're going to hop right on into this. No best thing, funniest thing this week. I'm not feeling all that great. So I did not have a chance to really survey the wrestling landscape like I like to do for best thing, funniest thing. But I surveyed it well enough. I stayed up. I maintained well enough through sickness to keep up with nearly everything. Nearly the, the top things in wrestling I've been able to keep up with. And I'm about to get into a few of them right now. I'm not going to waste any more time. We're going to start with Kofi Kingston. Look, man, it was just last week, last Thursday, that I was saying, okay, look, Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan needs to main event WrestleMania. WWE has me invested into this. And the feud, I talked about the trajectory of the feud and how it's going up and up and up. And so we got to the gauntlet match, and I was like, okay, Kofi's going to win here, and you know, the crowd's going to go crazy, blah, blah, blah. And the match itself, because of that, the match itself started to wear thin, if I'm being honest with you. It was a well-put performance by Kofi Kingston, but you had in the back of your mind, okay, Kofi's going to win, so... You know, there's no intrigue to it. I would say that his performance in the gauntlet match before the Elimination Chamber, I like that one a whole lot more than the, the performance that we got on this past Tuesday. Although, the performance that we got this past Tuesday was well done. Don't get me wrong. The match was decent enough. So, it gets down to the end. Kofi Kingston wins, and Vince comes out, and they bring Daniel Bryan out. So, I was like, okay. That was a nice touch. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting Daniel, at least Daniel Bryan, to be the guy to come out at the end. So, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, if Kofi Kingston wins here, I'm good. We're getting Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania. And the the trajectory of the feud is going to keep going up again. And Daniel Bryan wins. And I'm like, huh? Daniel Bryan won? Like, really? 
So Kofi Kingston pinned all of those guys. All those guys took losses. More importantly, Samoa Joe took a loss. The United States champion. The second most important title on the SmackDown brand. He took a loss. It was a roll-up loss, so I'm fine with, with it. But a, still a loss, What a nonetheless, excuse me. You had all those guys take losses so Kofi Kingston could lose that match and not win it? So here's the, here's the deal, man. I still think it's going to be Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. But here's the deal. You had people already invested. When Kofi Kingston won, the, the crowd went crazy. And the crowd already wants to see it. I understand there are some people I looked on Twitter uh, yesterday and some people saying, you know what? Vince wants to tease it out. There's nothing long. Uh, there's nothing wrong with a long playing storyline. And you know what? Vince is just teasing it out. We're going to get Kofi and Daniel Bryan anyways. But here's the deal with that. If you over tease, sometimes you run the risk of people losing interest and they are running that risk right now because Kofi Kingston was at a certain point to where the fans were behind him. The fans are always going to be behind him because they love Kofi Kingston. It's much like the theory that I have on Becky Lynch. Fans are always going to love Becky Lynch, but she's starting to lose momentum as well. I think Kofi Kingston is starting to lose a little bit of momentum because I was so much more invested into this thing last week. This was just last week. I let that, if I'm not mistaken, I let the show with it. And I sit here today on Thursday, March 21st, and I'm like, man, I'm still interested in it, but I do not have as much interest as I once did in it before. Now, could one say that, hmm. WWE is intentionally doing that to cool the Kofi momentum. That would be a cynic way to look at it. I'll be quite honest. Although, this is the same company that, in my estimation, shortened the AJ Styles and Nakamura match to enhance the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match. That is just my opinion. I will forever live by that. But, in this case, I'm not entirely sure... If they're doing it to cool Kofi's momentum, I won't go that far. But what I will say is that, man, this is not the way to go. And once you have Kofi Kingston lose this match, you have to have me look at it from a storyline standpoint and say, man, why does Kofi Kingston deserve to be in the championship match versus Daniel Bryan from a storyline perspective? I mean, Daniel Bryan said it best. Kofi Kingston got chosen to be in the matchup uh, for the Gunlin match. He lost the Gunlin match. He lost that Elimination Chamber. He lost the Fast Lane. And he just lost the Gunlin match again on SmackDown. Albeit because Daniel Bryan got at it, but still, Daniel Bryan didn't cheat to win. Maybe he should have. It would have made more sense, but he didn't. Kofi Kingston took a clean pinfall loss. So, I mean... Why does Kofi Kingston deserve to be in this title match over a Mustafa Ali? You know, you got to look at it from a storyline perspective. Kofi Kingston is getting chance after chance. So, the last question is, what now? Are we going to keep going with a Kofi got screwed storyline? Man, we're two weeks out from WrestleMania. And 
here's the thing. They should have gone with Kofi versus Dane Bryan. They should have had him win because we need to build more to the individuals. Like we have been building Kofi Kingston, sure, all along now, for months now. But we need to get to the standpoint to where it needs to be Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan in a ring where I need to hear Kofi say, look, Daniel Bryan, you are the last person that I would expect to say this about me. You got held down all this time. And for Daniel Bryan to come back and say, look, Kofi Kingston is not you. You are not me. So how dare you say that? I need to hear that. We're two weeks out into WrestleMania. Like, we need to build towards Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston to face off. And, like, we're building toward Kofi Kingston. I have no problems with that. But the problem that I have with it is that it has been over-teased. And here we sit today, and people are wondering, you know what? Why did they not go with Kofi? So, we'll see how it plays out further. I'm going to get into some further videos that came out afterwards from Big E and Xavier Woods later on in this podcast. But I sit here... And I legitimately say that, man, I am losing a tad of interest. Although, I want to see Kofi win for personal reasons. And at this standpoint, as it pertains to WrestleMania, he is the only competitor that makes sense from an intrigue standpoint. You can't have anybody else go in with Daniel Bryan from from an intrigue standpoint and have the fans invested like Kofi Kingston does now. We'll see how it plays out going forward. So moving on, the NXT heavyweight title race. Look, man, Tommaso Ciampa got injured. Talked about this last week as well. And we were sitting there like, man, what's going to happen next? I got semi-spoiled, to be quite honest with you, but Triple H came up, made the five-way match, fatal five-way match. You had Gargano, excuse me, not Gargano, you had Ricochet, you had Aleister Black, you had Adam Cole, you had Matt Riddle, bro, versus Velveteen Dream, and it was the only match on NXT, and deservedly so, it was a phenomenal match. We had a fast pace. And given the guys in the match, you had to have a fast pace in this match. Kicked right off. I enjoyed this match. It was well done. I love the quintuple superplex off of the top rope by all guys. I don't think I've ever seen that in wrestling. Or at least nothing's coming up to memory. From recent memory of seeing that in wrestling. I love the ricochet Frankensteiner to the outside. That was well done as well. Uh, Adam Cole picked up the win with the Shining Wizard. And here we stand today. And I'm looking at it and Adam Cole has to win. Looking at it before, right when Tommaso Ciampa got injured, the first thing I said was, okay, put the title on Adam Cole. Because I had a poll on Twitter at Too Sweet P.O.D. if you want to follow. You know, who should win? Velveteen Dream with both of the titles. And, you know, I got to be quite honest with you. I wouldn't mind Velveteen Dream having all of the gold. Wouldn't hurt me one bit. I'd love it. But at this standpoint, Velveteen Dream is already the North American champion. He has that. Let him get off into his own feud. And let's put the title on Adam Cole. Because it is time. 
He has been in NXT a long time. He debuted in Brooklyn, in New York. And I think it's a cool story. That's where the Undisputed Era debuted. And here it is today. Adam Cole is the number one contender with Johnny Gargano. And they're going to face off. I got to say, it really sucks for Johnny Gargano. Because here it was. This was going to be the quote-unquote end to the Gargano type of feud. And Gargano was finally going to win the NXT heavyweight title. And maybe he was going to hold on to it for a little while before being on the main roster full time. But here we stand today. And I don't think you can, you just cannot put the title on Johnny Gargano in this moment. Adam Cole, it is WrestleMania weekend. You can make the case that, yeah, you can put the title on Johnny Gargano and then Adam Cole can win it later. But moments matter. So Adam Cole has to win at WrestleMania weekend. And that has to be the Undisputed Era's moment. I like the way that this all came about. You know, all the top names got a shot. And it was a well done match. And I cannot wait. Two out of three falls. Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. That is, I'm going to already slate that as a match of the year candidate. I cannot wait to see how it goes down. So moving on. Kurt Angle. We've had the Kurt Angle retirement storyline. And I got to say, man. This has been one depressing storyline. Last week I said it doesn't feel like WrestleMania to me, man. Like, I cannot be the only person that, that feels that way. We are going to be two weeks out as we head into next week from WrestleMania. And it does not feel like WrestleMania. Once that last pay-per-view hits, that is before WrestleMania... You can, we head into that next week of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, and it's like, okay, WrestleMania is here. We feel it. I just do not feel it, and this is one of the top storylines of why I don't feel it, because we have Kurt Angle here, and it is a depressing storyline because I compare it to the Ric Flair storyline when he was getting retired. There was so much more effort Put into the Ric Flair storyline because we had that great promo with Ric Flair and Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon said, you know what, Ric Flair? The next time you lose will be your last time in WWE. And that led to a series of matches that Ric Flair won. That led to Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. That led to one of the more emotional matches in WrestleMania history. So I look at it and I compare that to Kurt Angle and it's like, they're just trying to boot Kurt Angle out of the door. Not even with a great storyline. I mean, the guy has done so much in WWE. When, as it pertains to just WWE, he's one of the top superstars in WWE. In all of WWE. So, I look at it and we have been debating for weeks now. Who should be the opponent for Kurt Angle and I will get to the obvious choice after I address this Kurt Angle gets into the ring and he says that his opponent will be Baron freaking Corbin and I'm sitting there like really and I've been sick all this week so I caught Raw on delay on Tuesday and I'm like Baron Corbin the only 
strength that I had to tweet was that tweet. Like, Baron Corbin, really? That's the big opponent for Kurt Angle? And I look at it and I say, look, man, this is the WrestleMania of obvious misses. Like, first you had Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch. That, that was a hit. You had it. And they went, they threw Charlotte in there as well. You missed on that. And because you missed on that, you missed on Charlotte versus Asuka. You had us in the palm of your hand. You, you had it. It was obvious. They missed on that. So the obvious miss here with Kurt Angle is John Cena. Like, you don't even think about it. The first opponent that comes to mind, you say, who should retire Kurt Angle? John Cena. It's not a first thought. It's not even a second or third thought. It's just, you just come out with it. John Cena. Now, I don't know if John Cena is caught up with movies or anything, but you'd have to think by now that WWE would have some kind of announcement that John Cena wouldn't be at WrestleMania. Kind of like they did with the Royal Rumble earlier this year, if I'm not mistaken. But if he's available, I mean, come on, man. John Cena versus Kurt Angle. That makes too much sense. Since Samoa Joe is caught up with Rey Mysterio, John Cena is the obvious choice here. Or if John Cena is not available, you could have went out of the box. When Baron Corbin came out, uh, when, when he announced that Baron Corbin would be his opponent at WrestleMania, and then Chad Gable came out to face him on Raw, I was like, man, they could have just done that at WrestleMania. That fits well. You can play up the storyline that Chad Gable looked up to Kurt Angle all of his life, like they did on Monday Night Raw. And that would have been a fantastic storyline at WrestleMania. And also, here's what you could have done. You could have had Jason Jordan come out and you could have thrown him into the storyline. Kurt Angle's son, Chad Gable's former tag team partner. It could have been a great storyline. But here we stand with Baron Corbin. Even uh, Kurt Angle's wife uh, tweeted her displeasure, and I don't blame her one bit. She deleted the tweet, but I'm right there with her. Baron freaking Corbin, and I think all of the wrestling community, Matt Riddle tweeted his displeasure, said he's going to eat his stress away at McDonald's, and bro, I'm right there with you, man. Like, Kurt, this is Kurt Angle, Olympic hero, run it with a broken freaking neck, Kurt Angle. And you can't give him a better match than Baron Corbin. I'm not trying to crap on Baron Corbin, don't get me wrong. The guy is decent enough. I thought he was more useful uh, way back when, like a year and a half ago, when he was lethal and taking everybody out. Now he's just in this restaurant gear. And, like, I have no interest in him whatsoever after the Constable Baron Corbin. I never had any interest in that. Now we have Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin at WrestleMania. So help me goodness if Baron Corbin actually wins that match. That People at uh, WrestleMania are going to riot, for goodness sakes. But, moving on to the last topic of the day. Is race still a prevalent issue in WWE? And... I'm only going here because, look man, WWE is going here with this Kofi thing. And I say WWE because I'm going to get into that later. Big E, Xavier Woods put out some videos yesterday talking about Kofi Kingston. 
Biggie in particular was talking about how people like us. Here's the thing that it, throughout all of the things that he said, this was the thing that caught me the most. He said people like us have glass ceilings people like us can only get so far in WWE he said something to that effect Xavier Woods talked about how all three of those guys have other avenues that they can go down in life Xavier Woods talked about how he was a part of the gaming community and how he could do that for a living so looking back at Big E look man there's a hint of truth. I've always felt this way about WWE. Here's, here's what I'm going to say about it. I still to this day, and I've said this before. I don't know if it was on a podcast or on a SmackDown review or on a random YouTube video, but I still to this day feel like I'm never going to see a WWE World title, world champion, excuse me. And when I say world champion, I mean the main championship that is on Monday Night Raw. I'm never going to see a world champion that is black outside of The Rock in my lifetime. I don't think it's going to happen. Like, I don't know what the reason is, but we haven't seen a black WWE champion outside of The Rock. And you can give me all the reasons in the world, but we have seen guys that have been undeserving be world champion. Like, you can't tell me that. And I'm I'm going to even stick to the guy that we're talking about today, Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston should have been the world champion back in 2009. He was on Fire, man. And this was the feud with Randy Orton. That was a time when they could have put the championship on Kofi Kingston. Here we sit 10 years, 10 years later, and we're back to talking about Kofi and how he should be a world champion. I've given up the fight, honestly, to see a world champion on Raw. I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't I can't explain to you like how or why I think that way, but I just think that. They've set the standard until we see actually see a black world champion on Raw that you have to be a Hall of Fame all-time legend to be a WWE champion if you are black on Monday Night Raw because that's what The Rock is. He is all-time great. At this point, I have looked at my hopes of seeing the world champion Black Raw Champion on Raw. I've given that up and I've looked at SmackDown. We have the Kofi Kingston situation. That's probably going to happen. I'm not going to put all my hope and hopes and dreams into it because there was once a time where I thought Booker T would beat Triple H at WrestleMania and we see how that turned out. Booker T, like, that was the most kayfabe racist storyline in WWE history. Like, Triple H, to this day, I still this still sticks in the back of my mind. Now, I'm not saying Triple H is racist. I'm not putting him at fault for the promo. But there was a promo with Triple H and Booker T in that feud where he said all of the racist 
a stereotypical stuff that one person could say about, about about a black person or about Booker T. Like he was just going down the list. And I don't care to go back into all of the things that he said, but here's the issue. The person that okayed that promo is still running the WWE today. And those thoughts just continue to leak in the back of my mind. Like, man, Vince is still there. And what does he really think about having a black world champion? Like, I, I don't know what he thinks about it. But I know that Vince is in a situation with Kofi Kingston to where the fans are behind the guy. And when we look at Big E's video, we have a lot of fans saying, and Xavier's video, we have a lot of fans saying, is it a work or is it a shoot? It is definitely a work because in 2019, nothing is really a shoot these days like it was back in the 90s. Like we had full on shoots back in the 90s. Like people would just get in the ring and say what they felt about WCW or say what they felt about WWF. Like we don't have that anymore, eh, relatively speaking. But there was a hint of truth to what Big E was saying that has always relayed in the back of my mind. People like us can only get so far. When he said that, I was like, oh, man. It like, it pierced my heart. I think Kofi Kingston said something along the lines, and I talked about this last week in that promo with Vince, where he said, someone like me can only get so far, and I just dropped my head because it pierced me in the heart because it's in the back of my mind. I cannot escape it. Until I see a raw, a black Raw World Champion, it's never going to escape my mind that, you know what? There is a glass ceiling. Not as much as a glass ceiling as once before, but it still sort of exists. So, looking at this issue, Kofi Kingston... Will I be satisfied if Kofi Kingston wins the WWE title at WrestleMania? I got to say that I will accept it. I will be happy. And the only way I will not be happy is if they give him some type of world title reign that only lasts for like eh, a few minutes or like a month or so and it's over. But... I'm excited for Kofi Kingston. I'm excited to see how it all turns out. Let me know your thoughts on every topic in this podcast. Uh, what do you got thoughts on Kofi, NXT, or Baron Corbin as Kurt Angle's opponent? Let me know your thoughts uh, on Twitter at Omjacorbeatnet to Sweet P O D.